0: Hey everybody, welcome to Photography Chat, season two, episode 41 with Ben, uh, the Instant Graham. And uh, we'll get him in here and get started. Hope everyone is having a great day. And, uh, you know, hope you're doing well out there. Let's see if we can get Ben in here. hello hello how are you doing
1: oh i'm doing spectacular how are you doing
0: living the dream it's just another day in paradise you know
1: that's that's what it's like here in this community it's just paradise
0: (laughs) it really is it's a great community i've been uh very blown away by it The, the past few years i've been part of it
1: yeah it just keeps getting stronger every dang
0: day I
1: got my, my Squid Game jumper on. <laughs> it's Halloween season. Give a little preview of the costume.
0: Nice. Um, <laughs> so you're going to be like a Florida retiree then? Uh, I'm. Have you seen Squid Game on Netflix? I was just fucking with you, man. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> my
1: God, dude. Honestly, it doubles, though. It doubles. JP yeah. says shout-out to Ants. I would like to give a quick shout-out to Ants. Um have you ever just sat down and appreciated ants? I mean, they're incredible. What
2: they're they're mean? Doing. Yeah,
1: what they're doing for society? Unbelievable. Oh, what
2: about
0: what about ant farms though? No one's ever really talked about ant farms. In- there's sort of a moral issue I have with
1: ant farms. Um, you know, it's it's these ants were not meant to be farmed like that. It's not something's not right about it. Do you agree?
0: No, it, it's absolutely like those, those little like skinny glass ones from ah. like when kids. Um, I don't I don't really dig those but those ones where they build those like massive huge yeah cantor, like multi chamber things where it's like it's almost like an ant condo. I think that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. It, it, we need the ants to have their space. The narrow glass ones are like uh, I, the human rights violation equivalent for ants. I don't know what we would call that but I guess an ants rights violation. Ants have
0: rights. I guess it'd be like the equivalent of like the U.S. like supermax prisons versus like Finland's like you know crazy like exactly you know, criminals go and it's almost like, um you know like a resort of sorts.
1: It, um, yes, yes, and well, we're doing our best out here.
0: So I guess you know to just wrap that one up, and for <laughs> like America, Ex- I I I don't think
1: any statement has ever more succinctly summed up the plight of this country. Than ant farms are America. So I
0: guess it's like weird. ant farms twenty twenty four.
1: Yep. yeah, yeah <laughs> Highly electable ant farms. <laughs>
0: <laughs> JP's loving it. <this. laughs> I, I mean, like JP is he's he's the real goat. Like you know. Yeah. He does, oh, that. he's the
1: absolute MVP of of all time. I completely agree with you. It,
0: it's 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 a real talk like. I don't know, like him and Han though, that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, they, they're they sort of, right now, they're sort of like neck and neck for me. I'm not sure how to like prioritize. I think they're both, they're both MVPs. I mean, you can win co-MVP, I guess, I guess we can have them both up there. Yeah, um,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's say co-MVPs, like how BlackBerry used to have like two CEOs and it worked so well for them. <laughs> I actually didn't know that. That is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that was like a, an interesting thing with um with Blackberry was the two founders co-ran it for a while. Google was the same oh. way too. Originally Google was like co-CEOs between the two dudes that founded it. Wow, who knew? Yeah.
1: I, I honestly didn't know that. That's phen- I mean I guess it works in some cases and not in the other. Assistant to the MVP says JP. <laughs> J.P. I will say is uh, he's he doesn't even know it. I don't think we've discussed this. He's an honorary member of Sweet Boys University, um, which is a program that I've assembled. And perhaps Merlin, you can uh, be inducted as well uh, or join um, the curriculum. Um, essentially, the Sweet Boys are the men out there that are um, they're sweet, uh, they're in touch with their emotions, they're friendly, and they're all about love. And I'm I'm curious if you'd like to be a Sweet Boy as well.
0: I I would love to be a sweet, do we get jackets? Is that we're gonna, a... we're
1: printing jackets. So I'm gonna have a seal, a wax seal. Um, there may be tattoos, there may be like branding. I'm not exactly sure what's
0: gonna happen, but. So do we have to like do all of our correspondence now with like the, the sweet boys, like wax? What about a seal? Like a, like a yeah. stamper A hundred percent, hundred percent. And we'll all have to use the like sweet boys academic
1: portal to communicate. No longer using Instagram or anything like that. RIP meta. Yeah.
0: they had they had their time in the sun for one day i'm i'm down with that i I like this jp is like sweet boys for life i think he just came up with the motto there hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like that when did you come up with the sweet boys thing
1: um it was a few months ago i was shooting on the cape with um my friend matt and Sonny, and i don't know where the hell it came from but we were just like man, we are like, I get we're just like a bunch of like sweet boys right out right here. Like we are just loving life We're we were having very, um like, deep conversations on this trip. And it, it put me in, in touch with the thing that I try to surround myself with, which is other people who are like, very in touch with their emotions. And I, at this point, the the term masculinity has evolved over the years. But at this point, it's like, I'm only surrounding myself with guys that are like, all in on just the opening up being honest you know that's the real masculinity in
0: 2021 i 100% agree um how do you feel about saying i love you to like your your male friends
1: easy say it all the time you know good night i love you um absolutely. it's yeah
0: 100% yeah.
1: and i love you and i'm in love with you is often used
0: A- absolutely i I like saying that to people that are important to me all the time. It doesn't matter sex or whatever. And, and I think like there's an interesting thing that people need to sort of like divorce there where it's just like, you know, love and sex are not intermingled, you know, you totally. So totally. you absolutely love people that you do not have any physical attraction to whatsoever. And, um, you know, you can be intimate with people that you have no feelings for whatsoever. <laughs>
1: exactly. And we're being more in touch with, with that intimate side of friendship and and I think that that's just the healthy way to be and it's all about love and something that I've always wanted to like port into the like YouTube channel is just like the love fest it's like the positivity the the having a big heart and going into everything with with that in mind is
0: it's important it's important to hold me it's absolutely important I, I think um you know Bobby Wiseau said it best in the room you know <laughs> just needs to love each other a lot more and the world would be a better (laughs) place. I'm fed up with this world. (laughs) You're tearing me apart.
1: (laughs) Do you understand why? I've seen that movie a lot in theaters.
0: (laughs) It's such a good movie. It's it's one of those movies that is so terrible that it like jumps the shark on being terrible. It like comes around and it's actually a good movie.
1: It is an unbelievable movie and uh i've met greg sestero a couple times he friended me on facebook out of nowhere Seriously? the guy
0: park yeah
1: it was unreal, unreal.
0: Yeah, well, yeah i mean he, you just won it life you can retire now like that's
1: i know i pretty much been, that's why i'm wearing my retirement jumpsuit
0: because <laughs> because i'm pretty much done now yeah ex- exactly man to so, wow how do you like where do you come across greg sestero he so he, greg not a lot of people are aware of this
1: necessarily but he directed two movies that came out like kind of recently. There were part one and part two that Tommy Wiseau was in. Um, they're really weird and must see movies, um, but he would come by my like local theater to screen them. And so I've I saw him like a few times at that theater and he's just an incredibly nice guy. I, I have no idea why he friended me on Facebook. That, that was like, not
0: sure where it came from, but I, you know, I appreciate the love Greg. Maybe he like preemptively knew Sweet Boys was going to be a thing, and he wanted to get close to you so that he yeah like yeah. the Sweet Boys crew when when that actually happened. Yeah, I gotta send him. A, I gotta send him a
1: text. I think I think we might want to rope him into this for sure. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So I'm curious. Did you take the opportunity when you, you met him to be like, "Oh, hi, Mark"? Well, here's the thing. It's like everybody's going
1: to do that to him, so I didn't want to like uh inundate him with that i i figured his most the thing you would appreciate most is if i told him how much i liked the movie that he made like okay. because you know he put his heart and soul into this thing and he's only known from being in the room so you know telling him that i loved his movie that he you know dedicated his life to i think resonated a little bit so i hesitated you know
0: i i held well, back i i can respect that completely because <laughs> i mean that's amazing he's done work outside of the room because I kind of feel like for most people that probably was a career destroyer. Oh, it absolutely destroyed so many people's careers. Yeah. <laughs> so many questions too it. Cause there's like so many like storylines that start that just end, like the mom is like, I have cancer. Anyways, I'm going to go.
1: They tried to actually make a documentary about where everyone ended up from the room. Like where are they now kind of thing. And Tommy Wiseau sued them. And really? it's terrible. It's it's honestly really sad because they made this documentary. I think they invested like uh, over $100,000 in traveling around and interviewing everybody. And uh, yeah, they got sued. And so this movie has been made and it, probably three years ago they finished it. So it's just sitting there. Tommy's protective of his intellectual property. And I guess we have to honor that. But
0: Well, I mean... It's, it's interesting calling it intellectual property. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, there, there's one thing that I found really interesting, like learning more about um, the, the movie was there was always something weird about Denny. And I was like, oh, well, like why like is Denny so weird? weird? And it turns oh. out Denny was actually supposed to be like a mentally stunted character. And the actor that got hired to play Denny when he was reading it, he was like, this is fucking offensive. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't do this. And so Tommy's like, okay, fine, whatever, don't do it. But he didn't rewrite the script at all. So he just left the script the same as someone who's supposed to be mentally stunted. And this guy just played it like a normal person, which made him seem like an absolute psychopath.
1: Yeah, and he's, like, too old for the role, too. He's, like, supposed to be a kid, but he's a little man. It's it's very uncomfortable. But that's why we love it. That's why
0: it's still in our hearts today. That's why we're
1: still talking about it today.
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's such a great one. But uh, Rodrigo has a question here. How many Polaroid cameras do you have?
1: Oh, my God. I actually don't know. I don't like to even know. <laughs> I feel like it would be, like, bad to know. Um, I've recently started selling a couple things which i've never really done before just because i felt kind of bad that i've accrued so many um but i mostly own cameras that i use the the cameras that i have that that i don't use are like they don't work or they're old pack film cameras or something like that so i mostly have a very like small core of cameras that i actively use and uh I try not to hold on to things for too long. That, Like, I sold my Lomo Winston Square the other day. I just felt like somebody else should have that. If, Like, if I'm not using it, someone else should have it.
0: That's a great camera, though. It is a great camera, yeah.
1: But I I was using the, um, the uh, Diana Square and fell in love with that. And so I was like, all right, do I need two Lomography Square shooters? I think I can just settle with one.
0: That's totally fair. Like, I... <laughs> We use the Lomo Square mostly as a cheap alternative to giving strangers instant photos over a Polaroid.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Are you good with it? Like, the viewfinder is kind of hard to use sometimes.
0: Well, the zone focusing is really fucking annoying on it. Because, that is also... You know, 70% of the time, you're taking a blurry-ass photo. But right. But when you nail it, it's so nice. Oh, like,
1: it's amazing when you nail it, yeah.
0: Wait. I've gotten a little bit better with it, with like the judging, because like I was never good with maths or science or whatever. So that whole like judging distance and stuff yeah. has been um, an, an alien thing to me. But I've gotten better with that, and it just usually lives in my backpack so I can uh, give away uh, photos to people. We've got what a viewfinder from- back, comment and <laughs> it, it is- <laughs> um I like the format, though. Like, I really like the format. And I, I feel with the like, getting rid of camera things, like, um, I, uh, I just went to my first camera show as, like, a person selling the other weekend, and it was uh, horrifying to realize that I had enough stuff to look like one of these camera vendor guys, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Okay, yeah, I think I have a problem now, yeah, yeah, true.
1: no, this is like an absolute issue that needs to be addressed, and yeah. you know it's it's a you're you're looking at yourself in the mirror essentially when you look at a table full of cameras, but that's that's how it goes,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. An better
1: and i and I try not to go over the like i I pretty much like my stable of cameras, like the thing that I would if you just cut me off tomorrow, always be using is the polaroid six hundred s e the pack film camera, the pentax 645n2 and the polaroid slr 680. like th- like those three cameras, if you just like told me ben you can't have another camera, i'd i'd be totally fine. Uh, that being said, i just i just got a Six 67 yesterday. so I- so it's like i can't be trusted and i'm a an, uh, hazard to myself, I, but
0: i saw that in your stories that um, that's very nice. Yeah, i'm a hazard i'm a hazard to myself. Uh <laughs>
1: Polographic, do you still have the Fuji 500 AF? I actually sold that because um, the Lomo graph lock back, I feel like is the best way for me to use Instax wide. So I didn't really hold on to any Instax wide cameras.
0: That's fair. The, the 500 AF is something that I'd like to put in, in the stable at some point. Yeah. Um, Cause I just, I do so much still with the four by five on like pack film and sheet, like instant sheets that, I, I haven't been able to justify doing the graph lock yet. Yeah. Um, wait, wait,
1: which film are you using for
0: 4x5? Um, I still have some, like, Type 55 and Ooh. Um, some other sheets there. And then a bunch of Ready Load, too, that have been Ooh. sitting on. And a, a bunch of FP100 that I've been, like... I've debated selling it because it's like I look every time I look at the fridge. I'm like, you're just so much money. You could there's so much. Yeah. Money to Do but then it's like, <sighs> but then if I wanted to shoot you, I don't. I can't justify spending how much people want for it now. Right.
1: Oh wait. So you're saying that you feel bad shooting it as well because it's. Oh, no, like... I don't
0: feel bad shooting it, but oh. I call, so I call it unicorn tears because it's like every time you pull the tab and you pull it out, it's just like one more tear is just like come out of the unicorn and that's yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, but I fucking love shooting it. It's yeah. like hands down my favorite film type that has ever been made. Um, so I'm glad that, um, you know, Florian started One Instant and, and created that so that when the stocks of FP100 and its ilk finally do yeah. dry up and go away completely, there's still an option to be able to use those cameras, even though it's expensive as heck. Um,
1: yeah i mean i really hope that they're able to distribute in the u.s or something i mean the shipping cost right now is, is kind of brutal as much as i've been like the number one like super sense guy like i love super sense film um i have no problem with how it shoots i think it's beautiful honestly the price per unit i don't even i'm like i i understand why it's so high but the shipping being like 50 euros or something it's, it's like brutal like I can't I can't afford to do that
0: that's 20 pounds a, or 20 euros a frame it's just like that's too much it, it's a bit insane um I'm excited though about the new land stuff um, I wanted yeah to- yeah that's gonna be cool I'm 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 very into that
1: um I think that it's a great way to revitalize those cameras the only issue with it I guess is that like the uh, photos will be reversed like I don't know if you've ever used polaroid film on like the goose or whatever or an rb or something like that and the images are flipped so
0: that's the only like drawback if there's any text or
1: if it's a sign or something and we flipped The thing is like
0: 8x10 polaroid using the new polaroid 8x10 it's all right it's yeah exactly it's flipped
1: on on new 8x10 whoops i just almost knocked that over
0: i mean (laughs) if you if you wanted to like get really creative and fuck around with it you could shoot people through mirrors with it there you go or only take
1: mirror selfies.
0: There you go. <laughs> That's an expensive mirror selfie camera. <laughs>
1: Pete Madden uh, says, "Flip it and post, baby." <laughs>
0: um, on, on the pack film one though, Paula Junkie asks, uh, "With the FP one hundred prices going so ridiculous, what's the most you pay for a pack?"
1: Yeah, the prices have gone very dummy. Um, I will be just out with it. Um, I kind of resolved to stop buying it. I have like a store of it in my fridge. Um, it's, its prices have really risen by like $40, at least in the last like year and a half, which makes sense because it's getting very rare. Um, but like a few weeks ago, we Lauren and I, Lauren sort of enables me occasionally, she's my fiance. And she's always like, well, you're gonna really want this. Like, we gotta make sure that you have a little bit of it left. And so we like bought five packs from Japan for like $80 a pack or something. And, and I was like, that's it. Like, I, I think I can't possibly go above that the price of like 100 a, a pack is so ridiculous. Um, it's it's it, it as beautiful and amazing as the film is, it's almost wrong <laughs> to pay that much for it. You know, it, it doesn't feel right. Um, Absolutely. When
0: it to be like 12 bucks a pack when it was new.
1: Yeah. It's, it, it, it's not, it's not like cool anymore to, it's not cool to spend that much on FP 100 c Like, it doesn't feel nice to do it as much as I love the film. I'm also not great at valuing sheets on like a dollar figure. Like once I buy it, I'm going to shoot it and I'm not yeah. going like, to worry over the top about it. And so, you know, I might burn through like four sheets of FP and I'm not in my head thinking, then that was $40 and that's not good either. So... I feel like I got to just stop and
0: just shoot what I have. I, I was just talking to Han about this, of just like the film hoarding. And yeah. whenever I look at the film fridge, I'm just like, there's so much money in there. Like <laughs> it's <laughs> bad, it's
1: bad. You can't think like that.
0: It's like, what's wrong with me? Um, Mascara Productions asks, a question for both. Have you entered a photo contest? And if so, what memories gives you that photo?
1: what memories gives you that photo?
0: I mean, first one, have you ever done a photo
1: contest? I did, but I kind of, it wasn't very, I'm just gonna say this, it wasn't rigged, but it wasn't fair. I submitted <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like four years ago, this was not fair. Um, uh, NBC had a, or Rockefeller Center, sorry, Rockefeller Center had a contest that was like, we want uh, photos that exemplify Christmas around Rockefeller Center. And I worked at NBC at the time and I had like an incredible point of view down at the ice rink. Um, So like occasionally at lunch, I would take out like a 300 millimeter lens and shoot down on the rink. And so I had this like POV that nobody else had. And I submitted to that contest and won. But it was not fair. I had a a POV that nobody else had access to. So that's my only experience really trying to do that, I feel like. What about you? Have you been doing contests
0: i mean i don't feel like that's rigged you uh you took advantage of the situation that <clears throat> it just yeah. felt like you know i i had the upper
1: hand and it didn't feel fair but literally the upper hand i mean i was on the ninth floor so
0: well and i mean this is why you're like the chairman and ceo of sweet boys that's true
1: like i can be honest about this stuff i i can feel bad about things like this because it's just there's too much sweetness going on here that's absolutely yeah so. Um, I, I hope you donated the proceeds to like, Oh your- yeah. It went to every charity <laughs> you can imagine. Name one. It went there.
0: <laughs> the human fund, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I never did a photo contest thing, but there was that print swap. Mm-hmm. It was like kind of um, popular a few years back where, you know, they would get you to pay money to put your photos into this thing and you'd your photo would get sent to someone and then you'd get someone else's photo. And that was kind of a cool thing. Cause like you got selected. I'm like, Ooh, this feels special. This is so neat. Um, but then I didn't really like any of the prints that I got. I was just kind of like, okay. <laughs> just, um, I put like my A1 work out there and this, this one is not, yeah, really not, not great. It's the risk.
1: I mean, that's the risk with like secret Santas or anything like that where, you know, you can put your best into it. And really, that should be the spirit of it. But you sometimes get something back that's just, like, kind of trash.
0: Yeah, and then, like, I feel like a dick because I'm just, you know, someone obviously thought this was really fantastic. And, you know, in in all rights, it could be, but it's just not my aesthetic or what I enjoy. So um, it just ends up in the pile of art that I have that has just not made it anywhere kind of thing. Yeah. Well, at least it's in a pile. Someone sent me cat photos <laughs> in one of those once. <laughs> uh, could you know, not ideal, but maybe cats. Well, it, yes. it, it's also it kind of made me realize that, like, the selection process for the print swap maybe wasn't really that discerning, where it wasn't yeah, really yeah, right. That's special thing to be selected. Because, you know, cat photos. And nothing wrong with cat photos. Who doesn't like a good cat photo? Like
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, it it devalues it a little bit, but that's okay. I mean, you you did your best, and that's all you could have done.
0: Oh man, JP has thrown one out here. Who has Whoa. more pack film, Ben or Merlin? Holy crap!
1: What a great question. Hold on, let me just peek in my fridge. How many? How much do you have? Do you know?
0: Oh geez, like
1: probably like.
0: Thirty packs or so.
1: Okay, I would say I probably have twenty-five of like FP, but I definitely have like I have like five boxes of uh, like four by five peel apart film too. So that's probably about
0: thirty total. I, so we're probably neck and neck there. Uh, we're neck and neck, JP. <laughs> yeah, I have some of the super. Have you shot some of the super sense yet?
1: Oh yeah, I love it. Um, I I haven't bought it in Sorry, the chat like got in my window. Um, I, I haven't bought it in a few months, but yeah, I've shot the normal stuff. I shot the black and white. Um, they sent I'm me still, like-
0: I'm still waiting for the black and white.
1: Yeah, they I, I, I also ordered it and I haven't gotten that. But, but uh, they uh, Chris, the production guy, uh, production manager sent me their first tests like in December. And it was so cool. For, it was like really cool to get like a prototype of a film. I think that was the first time that I'd ever gotten something like that. And it was like really messy. He's like, be careful, this will explode in your camera. He didn't even know if it was gonna arrive like intact. And uh, the first shot looked really good, it beautiful. It went sepia actually, which I'm not even sure if it, cur- if it is going to like the new stuff. The second one, um, the peel like slipped along the unit when I pulled it out. So like only half of the image printed on the photo. So interesting stuff. I mean, I love like the messiness of super sense, but you know, in that case it didn't work out perfectly. But uh, yeah, I love super sense stuff.
0: And you do you have some in the fridge. I do have some in the fridge. Um, I have like three or four frames of it left. Um, I'm curious though, the black and white, does it have the same smell as the color? That's a great question. I
1: remember it kind of smelling like paint. Um, I wouldn't say it was the same smell. There was chemistry everywhere. The okay. inside of my holder was soaked. Drive-by film, what up? Yeah, talk about dirty peels. and um, well, I
0: mean, with Super Sense, when you're shooting the color, anyone that shot it, dirty peel is definitely inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, these,
1: these be some sloppy peels for sure. Um, it's, um, but that's really, I think,
0: beauty of it yeah kind of like it, it reminds me of like this old peewee herman meme that i saw like way back in the day where it's like it's a cartoon like drawing of him holding up like the letter of the day kind of thing and the letter said mate look like <clears throat> that's that's good yeah. stuff yeah and i like, it works with the super sense because um, oh for sure for anyone
2: Very-
1: just tuning in wearing a Squid Game costume just in case it wasn't clear. I'm repping the Squid Game right now. I'm actually in a Squid Game right now. They they let me sort of leave the auditorium for a second to come do this live, um, but there is a gun trained on me right now. So, I'm having a good time. I'm car- in, in Squid
0: Game, who's your favorite
1: character? I love 001. That's why I got his The Old Man. I, I just I just love the way he uh, he moves through. I will obviously won't spoil anything, but, uh, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, I almost don't want to say anything more than that, but I just love the way he moves through the games with such like, almost childlike, because of
0: how old he is, um, <laughs> wonder, you know. the joy of dementia. Everything just, that's what like-
1: I'm looking forward to. <laughs> that's what I'm really looking forward to. Is <laughs> yeah. that big, big doll girl watching. That doll is right off camera. I, I, I can't even touch the phone, otherwise they'll pull the trigger, but it, it, she's right over there, so.
0: I, I went to my partner's house the other night, and I got out of the car, and it was, like, it was dark out, and I heard that, like, the, the robot talking <laughs> from, like, a field over by her house, and it was, like, in the pitch black, and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> the whole talking in the song, it was just, like, Oh, man, someone's playing squid games in the field. That's that's kind of fucking crazy. Um, if if it, it, and There was a
1: time of probably at least one week where if you were anywhere in the entire U.S. or the world, someone was watching squid game within, like, 30 feet of you. So, so <laughs> it was likely you were hearing audio from that.
0: No, they were in a field. Like, they had big speakers. It was, like, super, super loud. It was kind of crazy. This was just like the other week. Okay, that's upsetting. So Cody's got a question here. What's your deserted island camera and film stock of choice?
1: Ooh, that's a great question. So it's a deserted island. There's nothing on it besides me and my dreams. Well, I think, honestly, the Polaroid 600 SC and the uh, FP-100C might be might be kind of like a great choice for that. Because it's like, you're producing a, fi- well, the only, here and here's the drawback of that choice before you, before you go off of that. It might be nice to actually pick like a color negative or a slide film because y- even having to do something else, like go into the dark room on the island, like that might be a nice thing to do. Whereas with FP, you can clear the negative, but you're, there's not really much more you can do. But having like the darkroom activities might be fun. So it might be worth picking like ectochrome for me that might be where what i go with for film stock
0: i think like if we could pick any off someone said it right there i was gonna say an sx70 with time zero manipulatable
2: because like you could do some paint yeah you could do some stuff
0: uh, you could you know take pictures of like the birds that just keep getting closer and closer to like you know picking you apart and make cool Exactly, doing an emulsion lift with your blood—that's so metal, like <laughs> very metal.
1: But that's what that's what it will come down to on the island. Trust me.
0: I like that you can use the goose as a weapon to fight animals. I like that. That's why I use a Nikon F5 for street photography. Exactly, it takes left. big photos, but it also doubles as a weapon if someone tries to fuck with me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you could absolutely knock somebody cold with
2: that.
0: Absolutely. There's been a few times where I was just like, I was ready to like clock someone with it because they like, they started like, you know, getting ready, like they're going to do something. And so I was just like, you know, getting, getting it all gripped up, right? <laughs> just like, have, more- you been, like uh,
1: have you ever been confronted on the street for taking photos of other people? Yes, I have. How did you like defuse it?
0: um most time i'm like well it's film so i'm not going to waste a photo on you because like the only people that have confronted me so far were like really upset crackheads that uh, like felt like i was crack. like yeah and they're like you can't take my fucking picture and i'm like i'm not i really don't want to remember you i'm sorry like so they're... you never were actually taking a photo of the person who confronted you I was taking, like, a photo adjacent to them, so it's, like, it would look like I was taking a photo of them, but, like, it was something off to, like, the side of them or, like, around them, but they weren't in the frame, Um, because I'm, I don't really like taking people shots a lot, it's something that I've been making more of an effort to do the last few years, but um, for a long time, I just, I really avoided people shots, if it was, like, if they were looking at the camera and things like that, if there were just people in the background, that was fine, but um, I just didn't want to have a lot of confrontation. Um, <laughs> and usually, like, how I avoid that, if I want to take a picture of someone, like, um, up close, I got these little cards from... Moomade. Yeah, Pete has stickers that he gives out. Well, I, I have both. I've got stickers and um, I had these little, uh, little cards from Moo made. <laughs> oh, uh, Moo makes beautiful cards. Yeah. And so I I just had like a bunch of different photos put on each one and it's got like all my info on it. Or I, uh, I ripped off the Polaroid originals. Ah, that's so cool. (laughs) And so if there's someone who I want to take like their photo, I'll go up to them and be like, Hey, like not a total weirdo, but like, you know, is it cool if I take your photo just before I interrupted you, whatever you're doing, just like act like I never bothered you. And, you know, here's how you could get a hold of me. I might post on Instagram and if you see it and you hate it, let me know and I'll take it down and
1: Wow, that's very uh, holistic of you.
0: Yeah. You're like giving them the out to like have you delete it. What's that?
1: You're giving them like an out to have you like delete the photo if they if they don't like it.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I don't want someone to feel like they're, um, you know, being taken advantage of or oh, like, absolutely, even, yeah. having their, um, their personal space violated. Um, I know so, there's a lot of photographers that don't give a shit about that. Like I've I've watched dudes that like take their cameras and like just stick them in someone's face and like, just do a couple shots, flashing everything, blinding them. And they're like, I, that's a great shot. And I'm like, you, you kind of like assaulted that person. With yeah. That's face. like,
1: almost assault especially with a flash that's like pretty much assault that's not something a sweet boy would do
0: no and that i like definitely a member of sweet boy university <laughs> exactly I'll, I'll,
1: everything you're saying is you we, we honestly we might have you teach a class on street photography
0: for this I, very i feel like this is more of like an interview for sweet boy university oh <laughs> yeah i mean i'm an
1: administrator <laughs> at the program and we are considering your application so <laughs> Very, very good uh, information I'm getting from
0: your end. I like this. I, this, this, is, this is great. <laughs> um, we got another question here. Uh, Polaroid Emoji asks, how many 8x10 shots have you taken?
1: Wow, great question. Um, I've, that's a really good question. Uh, I've probably taken about 30 plus at this point. Um, I have like two boxes left in the fridge. And like, I, now I'm on like, now I'm on watch right now. because I'm nervous. I got I got one box of color, one box of black and white left, and uh, it really is a use it or lose it format. The eight x ten stuff starts going sour pretty quick, and it's been uh, 2019 was when I bought it, so like that's that's troubling. But <laughs> I gotta fire off. I took I took a great shot of Pete. Like, I'll, anytime someone comes for a visit to the studio, that's that's always a good opportunity to bust it out and take like a special shot of them. So yeah, I'd say about 30 plus and always trying to take more. I was trying to use it and not lose it.
0: You got me worried now cause I've got some 2017 impossible in the fridge that is probably. It's definitely gonna have the, the, the stripe thing where there's like a stripe down
1: the middle. And the, yeah, uh, that seems to be the first thing that happens with the expired film is like the pods start being completely uneven and like striping weird.
0: I'm all right with that. I kind of like it when it gets funky like that. Like, I kind of went the opposite way because I've been wanting to shoot 8x10 so bad for so long. Um, But it's so fucking expensive to, like, get into. And um, I've got everything but the camera now because I found, like, a really good deal on the processor um, and, you know, the holders and some film. I just need a camera. Wow, you're, like... You've got all the all the good
1: stuff. The camera is really inexpensive in compared to all that other stuff.
0: Yeah, in in comparison, <laughs> it it really it I couldn't believe how expensive processors oh, got.
1: It's absolutely absolutely brutal. Um, that's that's how it goes though with with these like really rare materials that are made only in you know ten year period of history that we're using for the rest of like with no new equipment being made besides those manual processors, you know. Gets pricey. I, I blame Cat Labs. I, I blame Cat Labs. Yeah. I absolutely. I have uh, the holder that they that they sell that that were like four
0: hundred dollars. It sucks.
1: <laughs>
2: it's crazy. I,
0: I can't. Yeah. So I got a really good deal on this because it was the the processor, a used holder, and a brand new old stock one that had never been uh, busted out. And it's crazy how expensive it is because it's just, just literally a little stepper motor and a couple of big massive steel rollers exactly just it's
1: just like the ejection port of a polaroid camera just blown up there's no reason to be that much and and back when polaroid first discontinued the format it was unclear that it was going to come back and the processors were like 50 bucks like yeah it sucks now thinking about i mean that's there's always hindsight in
0: the film world
1: everything is everything is hindsight with, with every single film stock and every single piece of equipment, but it does hurt now.
0: I was just talking to an a new old friend and he was talking about when he bought his Deardorf in like the 80s and he's like, yeah, I bought this for like 500 bucks. I'm like, just shut the fuck up. Just, <laughs> what? <Sheesh. laughs> exactly, I was just like, <laughs> So I would, I would not, <laughs> that it's it's crazy and like another guy was like oh yeah you could you used to buy Leicas for like a couple hundred bucks and i'm like just stop <laughs> yeah i that
1: i that i don't want to hear actively do not want to hear that
0: yeah that's that's not a fun story because no, I mean, no, no, no. bad news bears it's just crazy how expensive gear has gotten in in, in the last little yeah. bit like bought my f5 in 2017 for like 250 bucks. And then I was like, I kind of want to get a backup just in case this dies and they're like five 600 bucks now. Absolutely nuts.
1: I, it's it's honestly affecting the my reviews a little bit. Like I, um, I have my earliest review is probably like March 2020 or something. And even in that tiny time window, the prices of the things that I'm reviewing are dramatically rising. So all the comments are like, well, where can I find this camera for 20 bucks? I'm like, it was 20 bucks back when I released the video. Now it's like 50 for no reason. Um, yeah. It's it's crazy. It's, there's been a crazy amount of inflation. I think there's a good and a bad element to it. The good element is that a lot more people are into film photography. So the competition for these cameras is way higher. That's what that means. But the bad thing is that it's making so much stuff inaccessible. However, the other the other element of it is that a lot of these cameras are professional cameras. They're now getting back to the price point that they were new. Like the Pentax 645, I don't even know what it sells for now, but it's probably like 1800 maybe now. And that camera was $2,000 back then. So so like, it's almost like the market has corrected back to its original place because the demand is back. Um, but it's, it's tough because there's not that many good amateur cameras that are being made now you
0: Know, yeah, Waster of Silver just said he picked up his first M6 for 600 bucks in the 90s. Like, well, that's just that's 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 I like, like, I like that's mean.
1: We got Kyle Depew in the chat, and
0: that's huge for Biz,
1: that's massive for B. <laughs>
0: this is a funny question. Um, Kodak pack film, chances of it happening from zero to ten. <laughs> I'm doing the being right now <laughs> um i was wow i'm curious to hear your take on it and
1: yeah when the rumor first percolated i was my first thought was zero out of ten that was like my, my initial impression because the cost of production would be extremely high um kodak yes they revived Ektachrome, and it was a huge accomplishment but pales in comparison to the accomplishment in my opinion of Bringing back a format that uses completely different materials than you know celluloid, and uh, so I was like zero zero zero. The person that told me about that rumor initially was very um, clear with me that the that the that this was like a legitimate source. This wasn't just like a made up thing. Like they were actually exploring this in some capacity. But I don't think that it's possible. I, I would give it at this point like a three, maybe a two. Just because it seems, it seems like a, a niche product for an even smaller subset of people who would want that. You know what I mean? Like people don't know I, what pack.
0: I I would give it a, like a
1: one. Yeah, I'd say one. One is one is a, a safe
0: bet. Because the the biggest problem, and the, and this is why Florian had to go the direction he did with Supersense, is the packing. No one no one knows how to build the machines, oh. and pack them like that. And the last remaining machines that existed in the world to do it, Fuji repurposed to pack cosmetics. So, uh, you know, fuck you, Fuji.
1: Yeah. I mean, the only thing that originally when this leaked, the only thing that to me was in its favor is that Kodak did produce pack film, you know, in the sub, uh like late sixties, um, the fifties and sixties, they were working on roll film and pack film. So like, kodak actually did produce that stuff for polaroid um so like they maybe have all that information somewhere at, about like how to build the accordion style packs and stuff like that but it's still well, seems they,
0: very... kodak made some of the raw materials but polaroid still did the finishing
2: yeah
1: yeah but they still may have shared some level of information i'm not
0: sure especially because polaroid
1: you know said yes to kodak eventually when Kodak kept begging them to make their own pack film. So, like maybe Kodak at that point had been, apparently they had been in research and development on how to do it. So I don't know. It seems far fetched, like the most far fetched thing ever. But what a I'm. Just, sometimes I just like to daydream. Can you just imagine when that if that news dropped on uh, you know Google news search and it says Kodak releasing PR44 pack film, the community would just empty their bowels immediately.
0: I, I'd make out with whoever. Um, oh, yeah. I'd
1: be the freaking skeleton in the corner of the room that I've got dressed up for Halloween. <laughs> I'd be, I'd
0: be stoked the, on that.
1: I'd go to a graveyard and kiss the freaking stones. I would do whatever. I'd be dancing in the streets.
0: <laughs> it, it would I'd, be amazing. What I would like them to see bring back and, and could be less of a niche product than, than the pack film is ready load sheets. A four by five. That would be
1: awesome. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Ready load would be awesome. I think that was such a cool technology. It seems like such a weird thing that it was discontinued other than, you know, large format film being a lot less commonly used, but. Um, well, so
0: it was discontinued because it was a partnership between Kodak and another film company that really loves killing products that people love. Um, I, I guess you I probably. I can't think of which. I can't think of which. I <laughs> you couldn't imagine a company that wanted to nah, do that.
2: I not think of anyone but doing that.
0: That partnership fell sour. Um, and, and that's why the product went away. Because there was like patents that Fuji held and patents that Kodak held. And you needed both to make it work.
1: Yeah. And um, that being said, New 55 is making Ready Load. I, don't I know if do, seen- yeah. They do, but it's like it's like very small scale, obviously, and they sell out almost immediately every time they do it. But um, they do it, so there's clear they've clearly figured out how to do that.
0: Yeah, the the new fifty five guys are doing some cool wizardry. Yeah, that's
1: stuff's amazing. But they have production issues of their own that are really bad. I mean, people ha- are still waiting on orders from a year and a half ago that they placed. Like it, it's it's gotten really backed up. So that's unfortunate it, it feels like every single um like new 55 super sense they could use one person who's like a genius with 3d printing and machinery to like really help them out if they're they're, they're i think they're both pieces that can really make production more viable because as it stands hand making film is just always going to be extremely expensive and yeah a niche thing and only for people that have you know, a lot of disposable income which I guess film shooters have to have.
0: <laughs> yeah, really. I, uh, Mascara Productions asked, talking about the devil, do you think that Fuji will ever release a new wide format camera?
1: That's a very good question, especially in lieu of the fact that they just released a printer for the wide
0: format film.
1: Um, and
0: I'm so about that. I think, you know, fuck you, JP yeah, I mean, for getting one early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, JP freaking hacked the system.
1: Um, I don't love like the printers necessarily, but um, what I'll say is that it's a huge positive sign for the fact that Fuji's invested in wide film. The fact that they even released that product to me tells me that they are probably planning to release a camera. And they released Black Frame. I mean, that's pretty. That's pretty sick. So I think that there's a that's high hard. chance that there will be exact wide camera soon.
0: I'm I'm curious to see the printer because um, Big Head Taco and a friend of mine, Clint, uh, here in Vancouver, finally convinced me to explore the dark side a little bit more. and And I went Fuji Digital. Um, and I've kind of been loving it, honestly. Like it's gotten me sort of jazzed about photography because I've been in a, in a funk the last a little bit. Um, but I'm curious to see how this will work with a yeah. wide printer. You can direct connect these to like the Square and the Instax Mini, but that's I'm curious. Very, to see, that's a great. yeah. I'm I'm curious to see how it, it would work hooking the Fuji Digital up with the uh, the wide because that could be kind of cool.
2: Yeah,
1: it's an interesting concept. It's like you know, it's almost instant. It's almost an instant camera <laughs> if it's like connected via the internet. It's still kind
0: of, It's in the universe. Yeah, it's it's in it's in that universe there. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like Dan says, "Do you guys think Polaroid is going to beat Fuji in this lawsuit?" That's a great question.
1: Um, I can't actually speak about that matter, but um, I don't know. I I hope that both parties uh, find an amicable ending to that pro those proceedings, <laughs> and that is my response to that question. Um. Polygraphic Lomo needs an automatic wide glass camera. I completely agree. I would love if Lomo had a glass wide camera. I think that would be sick.
0: That would be um, awesome.
1: I saw a prototype of one once. It wasn't a prototype. <clears throat> it was a prototype like of the wide that had a glass lens on it because it was just like a prototype. And it was like fu- like, why isn't that the product? Like, That would be so great. Or just one that has like an interchangeable mount or something. I, I-, I used the Nons camera recently. I don't know if you've
0: use that before. Um, I, the, I like I about that I, I wanted to ask you about it what's it like.
1: It's it's really interesting. It, it's one of the most interesting instant cameras I've ever used it, it feels ergonomically like a normal SLR camera. It is an SLR. Uh, like there's a mirror that moves horizontally like when you cock the shutter you're pulling the mirror away in like this direction from the film plane it's really interesting and the quality of the images you can produce on it are extremely good because you know Instax is a great film. You can put any lens you want in front of it. The only issue is, well, there's a couple issues. One of them is that it's a medium format camera, essentially with a 35 millimeter like prism basically. So uh-huh. you're not seeing the full image. And the other issue is that most people are gonna use full frame lenses on it and that doesn't cover Instax Mini. So there's like a lot of vignetting. Um, so there's a couple of problems with it in that regard. I think you can uh, you can adapt medium format lenses onto it if you wanted to. And that and I don't think you would have that issue, but I feel like most people aren't going to do that. Um, it has like an EF adapt, uh, EF mount, the one I have. So it's really cool though. And I would love, to, like if there was a wide version of that camera, that would be almost the dream instant camera at this point.
0: It'd an SLR wide would be so it would, good. It would be a but it would be so cool. I've said this in so many other chats that like, I do have a healthy hate towards Fuji, which I've had to eat some crow recently in buying the the digital camera. And, uh, you know, to, I feel like Dan's point, the Fuji digital cameras are really fucking amazing. Like, um, this thing has not ceased to amaze me in the like three months that I've had it. The Fuji glass is like fucking mind blowing. Um, The Instax medium is a beautiful film, but most of Fuji's cameras are pieces of shit. I like the way you said that.
1: (laughs) That was was like very well said. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's the issue with it. And luckily they haven't seemed to go after anybody about making cameras. Like the fact that Lomography has been able to make cameras is great. Mint, you know, the, the, the third party cameras are interesting. I feel like nobody has like absolutely 100% nailed one yet, where like the RF 70 is maybe close, but the lens a little too wide is too expensive. Um, I I just think that there's like an ideal camera out there that hasn't been made yet. That's like a glass lens in stacks wide camera that even if it's not an SLR, even if it's a rangefinder, um, that just goes one step further than maybe the RF 70. I think that would do us a whole lot of good. Is it too much to ask?
0: I don't think so. I don't think it's too much Um, to ask. Nelson um, asks, Ben, your channel is super underrated and I love it. I shoot mirrorless but want to get more into film. What would you recommend that isn't an Instax for a beginner? Um, Is that a question about, like,
1: generally cameras?
0: Yeah, I guess generally cameras because they don't want to do Instax, so –
1: Well, interesting. I mean, Lauren, my fiance, um, like I've been trying to, not trying to get her into shooting because like, I'm not going to like try to like pull her into this universe any further than she's been, which is like having to deal with me doing this all the time. Um, But I did get her a camera. Uh, I got her a T2 and she broke it like almost immediately. So now she's shooting. Now she's shooting with a Pentax Zoom, like the IQ Zoom cameras. And I feel like it's become a great starter 35 millimeter camera. Like it's 30 bucks. It You know, it's a, it's a great way to, you know, the fact that it has zoom, uh, the viewfinder is really nice. Uh, you know, obviously you can turn the flash off and there's like a timer and a red eye removal. Like it has with some features that are pretty nice. Um, I would say that's like a nice starter point and shoot camera. That's very cheap because Pentax made so many of them. Um, that's just for the and shoots. But if you're looking for like an SLR, I mean, you can get like a Minolta probably at a thrift store for for twenty bucks. I would say probably go that route.
0: What you, what I, had would, a, I had a feeling you'd be a Minolta gang guy. I
1: did, Yeah, I've got a Minolta SLR on the shelf back there.
0: Um, yeah, the, the X700. I've heard fantastic yeah. things about that. Um, for an SLR, I kind of like the, those Minoltas, the Olympus systems, um, the, uh, the the Pentaxes are great. Yeah, I'm I'm really. I'm a big fan of the AE-1s for starter SLR cameras. You can't really go wrong with those ones. But for like a point-and-shoot, I'm going to go even crazier than you. Go get yourself one of those Lomo reusable point-and-shoots. Yeah. It's like $40. Um, It comes with a pack of film, and you can go nuts with it. And I've been really blown away by that Lomo instant, right? That that Lomo reusable um, camera. Um one of my favorite things to do with it is shooting CineStill with it. Oh wow. Okay. That's that. <laughs> right. oh. kind of because like the, the film is worth more than the fucking camera is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the photos I've gotten from it have been really cool because you're overexposing the CineStill a little bit and right. you get really cool results from it. And the lens is plastic and shitty and janky, but it gives really cool effects because like whatever you're trying to frame in the in the center is usually pretty good in focus, mm-hmm. and then you get this really nice sort of drop-off everywhere else. And so I like that the Lomo uh, reusables. But honestly, like, the best camera is the one you can afford. So, like, right. whatever your your price is that, that you have there, just go buy a camera that you can afford and have fun with it and just start playing and, and go from there because – you know, buying a Leica M6 as your first camera is not going to make you a better photographer. It just means you have more money than most people. Right, 100% agree with you.
1: I mean, the accessibility of cameras is still extremely high. You can still go to any antique store or thrift shop and get a camera for probably like nothing. If you spend like a few hours driving around, you'll find, I mean, at this point though, people are getting a little bit more privy, but you can get a cheap camera and it will really get you going. I completely agree with you. Whatever you can afford, just go for it. And yeah. it'll, it'll dig in.
0: Yeah. Like that, that's a big thing here. Oh, well, we've got another one. So, um, Ember Analog <laughs> 100C last week. And I was surprised at how similar it looks to Insects, same chemistry. Um, so it kind of, it, it is. So that's where Fuji got the chops to build instax was making fp100 because they licensed the pack film stuff from polaroid back in the day and then started working on their own process and the only reason they didn't get their pantsuit off them like kodak did uh was because they made sure that it was it was very different from um polaroid's design whereas kodak went basically for the same shit right
1: and um if you want to see comparisons actually in the in um, if you look at my lomo Graphlock video on youtube on youtube.com slash in an instant um, i actually did shoot i took uh, i took my 4x5 camera i took a back that had fp100c and i took the lomo Graphlock with fuji instax I metered properly for both and i shot them side by side and it is remarkable how similar those those film stocks are like you said i mean it's using essentially the same software Um, obviously there's different speeds and one's integral and one's pack film. There's like slight differences in dynamic range, but they do look very similar. The like to exactly what you were saying earlier. The issue is really that the Fuji's cameras aren't capitalizing on the film. The film is, if you know, if there was like a pack film equivalent camera that could shoot Instax easily, natively, it would be like the coolest thing ever to have that. Uh, Instead, you have to get mods and they're really expensive and they're cool, but not everyone can afford that.
0: Uh, what gave it away was an accidental sunshot where just. So I like the polarizing. <laughs> the polarizing. polarizing is really cool. <laughs> yeah. Everyone loves the solarization. It's all about yeah. the sauce. Exactly. It's, it's all about the sauce. <laughs> Uncle and we John? Got, um, how deep underground did some photographers go?
1: I don't understand. What a. I don't know what to make of this one.
0: Like, what do what
2: you. I underground saw. Doing?
1: photos recently that were pretty cool. Um, there's a tunnel that used to go from uh, upstate New York all the way down into Midtown Manhattan. And uh, a photographer recently went into this tunnel and took these like really cool underground photos. Um, but that's really the most underground. <laughs> yeah, I've,
0: I've never really gone underground with with photo taking.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, to- we can go underground together. I mean, that could be like a sweet boy getaway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sweet Boys Underground, Sweet Boys After Dark. I mean, like, there could be like other. <laughs> sweet Boys. <after> dark. <laughs> like, who knows what we might get up to?
0: I mean, the Sweet Boys could get up to all. You know what would be cool? Is like someone said earlier, we need to have a handshake, but also like Sweet Boys rings. Like, oh, my God. That's like like, like, a, like a pinky ring?
1: I'm going to the jeweler tomorrow, and and like when we touch, they like interlock. Yeah, it's it's, exactly.
0: yeah. Or like when they touch, they go she. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: They've got stickers in there.
0: Yeah, exactly. That'd be hilarious. These ideas, just um, make- yeah, I, I love this. I'm totally, I'm fully on board for the, the sweet boy experience. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm all in. Um, Amber, and analog. Chica, I can't talk right now. Um, How excited are you all for Newland Camera? I think we covered this a bit ago, but I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I have my gold card.
1: I'm number four. I saw that.
0: I'm jealous. I I think I'm number 78. I got a red card. That's not bad, though. You know, you're top 100. That's
2: pretty
0: good. I'm down with the top 100, you know. And I'm excited to check that out. Or is it the only thing that made me choose a polaroid over an instax wide was the sun photos i hate it when the sun comes out black in instax the valid purpose reason i mean well i mean obviously not a soundgarden fan so i'm just gonna yeah i mean black, oh, <laughs> <diamond won't come>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so That's clearly
1: important. not um yeah, it's tough. I mean, that is goes back to, like, the Polaroid versus Instax thing. It's, like, Instax has almost – well, very, very narrow dynamic range. And so, like, Polaroid is good for that stuff. If you're looking to take a little bit less of a contrasty shot that you can take a photo of the sun in um, and maybe have some information in another area of the photo, then that's – Well,
0: and, and that's the thing, too, is, it, like – the. The medium is so beautiful like one of the first really nice instaxes that i ever saw was um dave rollins uh-huh. he took a bunch of instax photos of us with his Graflex, and it just it was almost like when he gave i was just like yeah it's like it like a tear formed it was just like this so beautiful um and just to plug dave out there dave just released a book here portrait of a photographer Um, And it was a project that he did that was one camera, one film type. And uh, he created um, over 60 portraits of different photographers with his Graphlex. And uh, it's available now on his page if you want to check out some some sweet, sweet bokeh portraits.
1: Yeah, that project is nice.
0: Yeah, and I was a little stunned because he uh, – there's – We talk about Han there. There, Oh,
2: there he is! Ah, ah.
0: This is uh, this is one of my all-time favorite photos. It's ever been taken. Oh, this guy. This is the real goat right here. Oh yeah, Grant Britain. That guy. Yeah, Grant is just talk about kings. Dude, he is like he should be a sweet boy too. He he
1: he might be eligible. His Instagram is so great. I mean like talk about people who have like evolved to the current photography world like Grants IG
0: is incredible. Well, in Grant's work blows my mind. So he was the first guest I had that gave me sample photos cuz I'd never thought about that as a thing before. And when I was talking to him about interviewing I was like, "Hey, can you just like, you know, send me a quick blurb about you and like a uh, um just a profile photo and he's like oh do you want some other photos too i'm like sure if, if you want to send me some other photos that's cool and dude send me like 500 megs of his photos what <laughs> yeah God. and he's like just pick which ones you like and it was all of these like old school photos from his like skate days that's and scary. then a bunch of his like artwork and i was just like dude your creative photography is fucking mind-blowing like wow. this is some cool shit I'm like you've just been kind of like people know you as like the skateboard photographer. Right. Guy. Like, man, your his creative stuff is so wow. beautiful. He's just like the one of the nicest dudes ever, too. What a legend, a guy, absolute legend. And speaking of legends, like Dave took one of my all time favorite photos of uh, of me that's ever been taken. This was at Armand's shop in in, Denton, oh, that's, in that's Denton right there. Oh my god, yeah. that's. Awesome. So it's it, if you haven't picked one up yet I definitely recommend um hitting up um Synodar on the Grams and uh clicking that link in his bio to pick up one of these sweet books there sweet books And book. um Grant's page it's it's J Grant Britain is uh where you can find him on the Grams And then uh where is it here i feel like dan asks ben are you working on any new projects books i enjoyed the roadside hudson valley book
1: oh that's very nice of you to say dan
0: i love his i love his
1: username i always think about that i feel like dan i mean i feel like ben sometimes. i feel like dan sometimes too um yes i i actually finished a project the um already in the in the books so to speak but i haven't actually finished scanning everything yet and it's 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 like so overwhelming to me, I, I've, I've really set it aside and I'm gonna come back to it, but I have the concept, I have the book, I have all the photos finished or taken, <laughs> captured, um, but uh, yeah, I haven't yet collated everything and sorted everything, but uh, it's, it, the basic concept of the book is about like the life and death of the West. Um, like there's yeah. a lot of focus sometimes on the decay of like Route 66 and stuff like that. Um, but I'm gonna juxtapose that a little bit with like the flourishing life that's also out there um, and the incredible nature and vibrant people out there. So I have that project in the bag. I, I worked on it last year. Um, I spent a lot of time on that. So I'm very excited about it. I'm just not, I'm just not done with it yet.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, it's like it's it's big for me. Oh, I'm excited for when that comes out. I love that kind of stuff. Like um one of my favorite books I've got in the collection is um Jason Lee's A Plain View. Um which oh is my like a road trip all through Texas and um it wasn't really capturing like the, the death of things but just like the things that people drive past every day that they kind of ignore. Right. To... Yeah. It's it, it's a cool book if you haven't come across it. That, I think he's doing a reissue yeah. in 2022.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm sick. I I don't have a copy of it. I've seen a lot of the photography from it, but
1: uh, Lauren stopped in to say can't hear because I'm at a concert, but wanted to pop in and say hi. That's dedication right there.
0: That's awesome. Hi, enjoy the concert. (laughs) Um, I I have a book that's done. I just haven't dropped it for pre order yet because I'm just fucking lazy and um, been going through some shit the last few months, so um i'll probably do that soon um have it printed or using like blurb or something i am gonna use blurb um to um do the printing um but instead of just having blurb do the shipping like what i'm gonna do with it is like go like have them ship me the copies because i like to go through them and make sure they all look good before shipping them to people and then um you know throw in the something a little personal, and I like doing prints with them, too, so. That's cool. That's what
1: I did with my last book. I ordered, I basically did, like, a special edition that I ordered in bulk to me, which I signed and put, like, a sticker in and stuff, and then had, like, a soft cover blurb edition that was that anyone could order, because, like, it is going to be cheaper, the soft cover, but, um, you know, it depends on how many you pre-order. Blurb's printing quality is unbelievably good, so, like, I mean I I I definitely want to use them again even if they're a little bit
0: expensive. I've been extremely happy with them. Like I I did my first book with them and um I also like to do the runs and like sort of limited things so it's like the first yeah. book like a 90 copy edition and like that was it. Cool. Um I'll probably cap this one out at I'll, I'll I think I'm going to do the like cuz I did this with um my partner at Northern Film Collective. <clears throat> we put out an, an annual book there and to figure out how big of an edition we were going to do, we did a pre-order and then based yep. on how many orders we got from the pre-order, we just took that number and added like a few extra copies to make it an even one. So um, for that edition, we did 150 books um, for like the initial run of that one. So I'll probably do a similar thing with the Polaroid book and it's all, um, it's called quarantineroids. <laughs> and it's uh, 53 days of polaroid during quarantine that's awesome yeah and it was only supposed to be two weeks and so i was like this will be easy i could take a couple of polaroids well, COVID was the last two weeks well that was it you know the the government was like oh yeah you're only gonna be stuck in your house for two weeks and i'm like yeah okay i could take some pol-. and then it was like fucking months and i'm like i can't take polaroids every day for months it's gonna bankrupt me <laughs> <laughs> It's, yeah you didn't realize you were so, that project. so I, I ended it at 53 days because I was just like that you know whatever I'm I'm done with it but that book is completely done and ready and I've done a test print of it and I was happy with how it came out um, so I just have yeah. to put it for pre-order yeah. um, and I'm going to do a reissue of my first book um, and because I'm prepping to do like a, a follow up to that one and that was all like convenience stores in toronto um oh. which is kind of cool because i am not we don't really see a lot of convenience stores in like you know where i grew up it was like yeah. the gas station that, that was it so and, and for some people out there it's like the wawa
1: you know? yeah right 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 <laughs> that's a wawa by the way yeah <laughs> Much luck.
0: who doesn't love a good wawa or I if you're that. in practice a, a bucky's you know yeah 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 I have mad for love for Bucky's. I've never been to a Bucky's. You didn't go to a Bucky's
1: when you were in Texas? I don't think I. Maybe I. Maybe I. Honestly, maybe I did. It was a. It was a blur. I. I was losing consciousness. I I drove so many miles. I was. I I may. I probably went to like ten Bucky's. I don't even remember that.
0: (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, I'm jealous. So Denton's like easily one of my most favorite places. um, So
1: fucking cool. It is, like, so cool there. I, I couldn't believe how cool it was there. Um, what a beautiful place. Just, like, unbelievable. And the people there are great, obviously, but the place.
0: Yeah, it's so cool. And you got to go to the camera exchange, right? Well, at, at the time, actually, Jason
1: Lee's exhibit was occurring. So we couldn't get into the store because personnel were. Armand was, like, at the exhibit. Um, oh. But we, like, met outside the store. And we, you know, we, we were there. We just didn't go inside. Oh, that's too bad. His store yeah. is
0: really cool. He's got so much neat stuff in there. Yeah. Well, it's a reason to go back. I'll, I'm going to go yeah. to
1: definitely go to Policon at some point.
0: Yeah, you got to go. Uh, the like even Policon just happened for this year, uh, but Policon Seven. And then there's Policon Bay Area, yeah. which I'm hoping yep. that the border will have calmed itself down by then because. Um, that was the last trip I took before the world ended was the first Policon Bay oh Area. So, yeah, maybe, I got to make it out SF. to SF. Well, and there's so many, like, because, you know, if you make it out there, there's JP, there's Han, there's so many great people out there. I know. There's, like, a whole other pocket universe up there.
1: I, gotta, I can't believe I haven't met him? JP yet. I feel like, I feel like we're, yeah, we're J- bro- blood brothers of
0: absolute king (laughs) he absolutely is so i'm curious how did you get into um like you know well film photography but also polaroid um
1: i think that i like re-got into polaroid stuff probably like 2015 or maybe 2014 um just because my mom like got me one of the cameras and was like Hey, like you like photography, like this is photography. Um, And uh, it just sort of like was the gateway drug I needed to get me back into the mix. Um, And with that, just I I probably was gifted like a film camera prior to that. That was like a lomography um, fisheye camera. And it was just like, okay, well, this is like step one um, of, of a slippery slope. And so, uh, yeah, it's really taken off from there. And, and the, the YouTube channel has just been, like, an egregious excuse to, like, buy more cameras and, and uh, you know, meet everybody in this incredible community who I love and I'm in love with.
0: It's such a great community, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, like, the godsend of COVID having all these people online that are, like, incredible, beautiful people that are so nice and uh, extremely supportive of each other, which you can't beat that. The film community is just like
0: Well and like the online is great, but also in person. Like I mean the the policons are so much fun. Um the film padea in San Clemente, that's a cool one. Like everyone talked about like it was like the orgy yeah. that they, <laughs> like, they must go back to. It was so good. It was so much fun and I met like so many awesome people there that um between policon and the film padea like those were like the two events that really like ingrained how amazing this film community is and introduced me to a lot of like amazing folks that are good friends today now kind of love that yeah now that now that like
1: everything's well not everything's opened up COVID's still in the mix but new york is doing pretty good um, I've gotten to meet so many people that I've only known from online and none of them have even like not one person has tried to kill me. Um, I can't think of one time where I, was, I I don't think there's been any attempted murders. I met like a group of people in LA. I've obviously been meeting on a rotational basis, all of these people in New York um, and the folks in Texas. It's just like so awesome to have this community where you suddenly know people around the world that are like your best friends now and they're just like willing to take you
0: in and uh yeah do a canadian policon i agree you should do that i i've been bugging daniel about that for a while so um i'd love to make that happen either in vancouver toronto um if it's in toronto i'm definitely coming up i i might probably try and push it more for toronto honestly even though i live in vancouver um because there's just more film resources in toronto than there is in vancouver um (laughs) Like, you know, shout out to Downtown Camera and um, all the different film peeps out there. But, like, there's a really, really healthy film community there. Not to say that there isn't a great film community here in Vancouver. Um, It is not as um, robust, I guess. Um, But there's some great shops here, like Bow Photo in Vancouver is is amazing. Nicole um, does her best to have a really good selection of film even though there's, like, the massive film shortage of uh, 2021 that's been happening. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. That's been kind of brutal, huh?
0: Dude, so brutal. Like, it's, um... The whole industry
1: is going to get saved and become really popular again? They're not going to have the film?
0: <laughs> like, yeah, what the heck? Right? There, there's, we, a, we, there's a weird irony to that. Um, we put in all the work. Kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and, the, now like, now... all it's... you had to do is <laughs> <was> make film. <laughs>
1: so freaking terrible it's so terrible it's crazy thinking about like 2013 even like the amount of film that was available then and just like the fact that it, it was wasted on the industry being so contracted whereas now people would just be
0: going absolutely nuts for that stuff <sighs> it's, it's absolutely crazy but i mean it's also a good opportunity for people to try some other stuff like you know it's hard to uh track down portrait but um Go buy some Lomo four hundred. It's just as good. Exactly. And your wallet, the, your wallet will love you so much more if you. Yeah, your wallet's buy not Lomo four. Yeah. And I'll also, I like gotta a shoot. Shout some... out to Beergeek. For
1: sure.
0: You gotta shoot some uh, portrait four hundred.
1: No, I want to shoot some Lomo four hundred and one twenty. I've never done that.
0: Yeah, I haven't tried the the Lomo four hundred and one twenty either, and I rave about the Lomo four hundred and thirty five. I've heard people bitch about um, the Lomo one twenty because of the paper backing being a little bit of a son of a bitch. Okay, um, all right. So I haven't experienced that. I went and like just burnt way more money than I want to admit on buying a bunch of Fuji Pro four hundred H. Oh my so, God! Um, I'm good. Rest in peace. Oh no, dude,
1: well, he had to do Bo it. Bo
0: Photo had it so cheap they they were selling it for like nine bucks a roll, no limit. So I was just like, well, that's cheaper than I can get any Kodak for. So I mean, even that's though I, true. that's so true. Much,
1: that was a reasonable purchase at the time for sure.
0: Yeah, but now I'm just like, did I really need to buy that much fucking film? Like, it was like one of those, like, snap decisions where it's like, I had some money, and I had this panic where it's just like, you can't find color film right now, and there's all this film, and I'm gonna buy a bunch, and now it's sitting in my fridge. Yeah. I do shoot so, it. So, you know, you gotta
1: get out and shoot it. The girl who shoots film um, had problems with Lomo 400 on the 120 as well. What is wrong with the paper backing? I don't, I don't mm-hmm. understand, like,
0: <clears throat> I've heard it's like really hard to get it to separate from the film. Oh. Not separate from the film, but like loading it is kind of difficult because it's like it's too short of a thing, and then there's not enough leader to.
1: Oh, load. oh, that 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 would be that would be kind of a stinker.
0: Yeah, so I guess in some cameras it's kind of annoying. Um, yeah, I feel like Dan says Ektar 100 gang. I Ektar. Oh, Ektar because... is so. what's
1: that so you're speaking to the right guys right now
0: yeah Ektar 100 like some of my favorite stuff I ever shot was in Nevada at um, Hoover Dam on Ektar 100
1: it's it, the, the the blues and, and like the warm tones of Ektar 100 work so well in that sort of context I just shot like 10 rolls of it in like the desert and, and Colorado. And it was like, it's just like perfect. I love Ektar. And I don't even think it's underrated anymore. There was a time where people were like weren't really shooting Ektar that much. Um, it was not as popular, I don't think, because maybe, I don't know, you could say it's not as good of a portrait format, but I disagree. I think it looks amazing for
0: portraits. It's um, great for portraits too. <clears throat> yeah. I think one I'd slept on a bit because I think it's only available in 35 mil is Pro Image 100. I have not shot pro image one hundred, so that's on. That's something to do. Pro image is nice. It's it's kind of like if Ektar and Portra had a baby. Yeah, I'm a color plus bitch myself. You know, I color plus. I like it. I I never really shot a lot of it until the film shortage happened, and it was like the only film that I could get a hold of. Um, so yeah, I got some color plus. Ooh,
1: right and how nice is that canister? It's the nicest canister.
0: Right. It, I got to admit, because I keep looking at it, and I'm like, why do I have this old-ass canister? And I'm like, this isn't an old-ass canister. I just shot this, like, a, a week ago. But it looks so, like, kind of old school. It says um,
1: Code of color 200 on it. I don't know why they didn't just name the film Code of Color 200. I think it would probably be
0: more popular. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool. Like, I, I like the, the film cartridge, and, you know, it's it looks a lot better than the um, than the Max one, where it's just, like, 400 Max. Oh. Yeah, it just, just says 400 on it. This one's my favorite, though. The, the T-Max 3200 cartridge. I yeah. like that little shot of red there.
1: Yeah, and it's very professional looking. I love it.
0: It's a cool film. That's, yeah. I wish I could find Color Plus even on a good day with no film shortage. Yeah, I color, I didn't really apparently hard to
1: I, I've been lucky um, buying some in stores, but I, I hear that it's like very hard to get it right now. They're, they're depriving us, they're depriving the people well
0: that's that's no good.
1: I'm a little nervous about Kodak to be honest like that- <laughs> I love that like Kodak is gonna be the only like mass producer of film like I don't think that's like a good thing um with Fuji pulling out like kodak's yeah kodak's corporate structure is such a mess i, I just i'm very concerned about that like in in a day they could just evaporate because of like some huge business problem that they have
0: that is yeah i never really thought about it that way but that is kind of a concerning thing because like it's with fuji just being fuji it's putting a lot of stress on kodak and um You know, the the smaller boutique ones like, you know, Lomo and, um, Nefronia and and stuff like that. Like, I don't think they have the volume to, uh, to pick up that slack. If if Kodak were to disappear, that would be just like Filmageddon. Like, yeah, it would be, it would be crazy. Um, and
1: like, I'm not saying I'm like doom and gloom or anything like that, but like, when Kodak loses a billion dollars because they like, have insider trading, which happened last year. It's like that is crazy <laughs> that that's yeah. like the kind of stuff that sinks companies, especially ones that are on skates already so and then when they have these shortages, I mean everybody's experiencing that, but it's just like one thing might lead to another, and you never know so um you know yeah we're gonna we're gonna start shooting plates says j p We're gonna go back to the dark ages. everyone's gonna be on tin types. that would be kind of hype actually.
0: I wouldn't be upset about that. I would be very upset. No, we'd figure what it out. What if we went back to Tintypes and, like, the gunpowder flashes? And... Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Life <laughs> finds a way.
0: <laughs> that'd be fucking hilarious. I mean, if Kodak tanked, that'd be sad, too, because then still would go away, because it's exactly. just... Exactly, yeah. Re-packaged huh? Kodak, basically. Ilford Supremacy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean... We, did, we have neglected Ilford in our, in our talk so far. We have not
1: even... <laughs> we're not even talking about Ilford. I love Ilford. I mean, but that's the thing. They don't produce color. So it's like... Um, I think black and white is always going to be okay. Like, black and white will survive for 200 years or more. But the color production is what's, like, very concerning. Ilford's amazing. I love... Uh, FP4 is one of my favorite film stocks. Um, that's, like, my daily driver for black and white, but... Yeah, I,
0: mean, if... I have a controversial favorite with, with Ilford. I really love XP2. Really? Okay. Interesting. Like, really love it, because it's, it's got so much grain. I like how grainy it is and how contrasty it is. But what I also dig about XP2 is it's a way for people to shoot black and white if they live somewhere that doesn't have a lab that can do it. That's if a... they have, like, just a a C41 only lab, yeah. You know, they, they can buy that XP2 and they can fuck around with black and white and still drop it off when they drop their color off.
1: It's, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, it's not as fun for people developing film at home, but it's like an accessibility option. That's, that's an interesting way to look at it. Um, that, <laughs> the other thing, the other issue with the like Fuji thing is, Fuji's, you know, the supplier of such a huge amount of the world's color chemistry. So yeah. that's the other issue. It's like if we want color to stick around, we're gonna have to have more people supplying that kind of that aspect of of the post production. So I'm and, just shaking my boots, shaking my boots.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm, that makes me a little nervous. My little boots are shaking,
1: but <laughs> well, but I think Polaroid will survive because they've got a billionaire as CEO. Hey.
0: Yay, Polaroid. And, I mean, they'll sell us some more digital TVs or whatever. Yes, okay. they
1: will still put their name on TVs and clothing that you can get at TJ Maxx.
0: God bless. And Marshall. <laughs> um, I feel like Dan says, do you guys prefer black and white photography to color or vice versa?
1: I personally prefer color, um, but I really almost like at black and white like a totally different like vibe for me. I don't think they're like interchangeable always. Um I love black and white for like large format. I think it's incredible. It it is like reminiscent of photography from, you know, the last 100 years. Um and I I've gotten mo- more into black and white because of large format to be honest. But uh yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: um I'm a toss-up. So, I was a real color whore for for a while, and just shot nothing but color. But then when I would shoot black and white, I'd be like, I fucking love, like, yeah, the look of black and white sometimes. And so I, last year, somewhere along, like maybe a year or so ago, um, I started alternating my feed: three shots color, three shots black and white, so yeah. that I. Ha- to start shooting more black and white, so I'd have some black and white content to be able yep. to post. And so then I started carrying two cameras around, usually one loaded with color and one with black and white, so I can, um, you know, vary stuff. And I love having color, I think color is amazing. Like, I just recently was gifted a Fred Herzog book on Vancouver that's like all Kodachrome that just is like, just like, fucking mind-blowing like yeah uh, i wish i could have had a chance to shoot kodachrome um but that being said some black and white just really hits like um have you ever played with double x yet yeah i shot a roll double x like a few weeks ago it's really cool oh it's it's so it's so good like double x is just like chef's kiss and then if you get a chance the ferrania p30 is fucking amazing i really so i had a
1: mixed experience with that like i shot a couple roles that i loved like what an interesting looking film so like yeah. milky gray silvery um but then i had a role that like several shots had like clearly a production problem with it like there was like a white stripe across the middle of the frame or like stuff that wasn't due to the camera just due to like the film being so like roughshod i, I don't even know what's happening with Ronnie right now have you, do you know any updates?
0: No, no updates. But the last time Freestyle had a bunch, I like ordered a ton of it. So I've got like a, like probably 10 rolls of it sitting in the fridge because I just love it. Like the, the blacks on it. I've never seen. They're so cool. Black or blacks uh, on that film. And um, it's really unforgiving though. Like it's. it's really unforgiving. It's <laughs> that's like no dynamic range. Uh, no. I would love to
1: shoot that in large format. That'd be an amazing format for. Oh for like...
0: man, like a four by five sheet of that, or an eight by ten. That would be just insane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would. Yeah, me. I would absolutely love that. Um, JP's like, what the fuck are shadows? <laughs> <laughs> JP, I'm sure that your black and white photos aren't all bunk, man. I'm sure, they're great, dude.
1: Bro, I'm sure they're phenomenal, dude. Oh my god, we got Beerget in here.
2: Ooh wee!
1: I saw Beerget on this show. Beerget, I'm in my Halloween costume. I'm wearing my Squid Game jumper. I don't know if you've seen the show. We haven't talked about Squid Game, so I assume you haven't. But there we go. There we go.
0: I thought he was retiring in Florida. Or you're going to be like, you know, um, what What are those those guys from Russia? The Like the Russian gangster guys in the tracksuits? Oh, yeah. I would love to be a Russian gangster in a track
1: tracksuit. Like take a life or two, see what happens.
0: <laughs> yeah. Listen to the hard boss. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> this thing is nice. I got this on Etsy for like 30 bucks. And it came with pants and everything. It's like, I don't even know how these people are making money.
0: That's wild. Um, Fa- Fabian is asking Polaroid versus Fuji film pros and cons. Should I go off? Go off.
1: Wind me up, wind me up.
0: I mean. Wind me up. I'm, I'm trying to think, like <laughs> I'll just you go off. I okay. mean, Polaroid is the superior film. Here's the thing. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm gathering my thoughts. So the benefit of Fuji is that the film stock is rock solid. It is uh, much better under variable temperatures. It is can develop in front of your eyes without being damaged by the sun. It is just a more solid film stock that's less sensitive to its environment and can be expired and last longer. It has a longer shelf life. It's cheaper. Um, but... The cameras that Fuji produces for it are inferior to the cameras that exist for Polaroid.
0: Now to Polaroid, Polaroid. We jump on that. Does Fuji make a camera that goes like this?
1: It does not. It <laughs> never has. It never will. It never will, and and so that's the thing. Uh, that leads me into Polaroid. So Polaroid film, beautiful dynamic range. Um, incredible color science that just hits different. Uh, They have a lot more variation in the films that they offer. They've got 600 black and white, SX70 black and white, they've got SX70 color, 600 color, uh, which are all different film stocks, which is a huge benefit of Polaroid. Um, And the cameras that Polaroid offers are so superior. Simply from their history, Polaroid's modern cameras are, I would say similar to Fuji's modern cameras in their simplicity. Although Polaroid does have a lot more features now, like with Bluetooth features and stuff like that,
0: but their lens. I'm I'm kind of stoked to check out the one step plus that they just dropped.
1: Yeah. The now plus is is very good. I like, you know, I, I, I I'm always very positive and you know, my reviews are typically like going to be, they're going to sway positive, but like, I'm genuinely like, the now plus is really good. Um, And so I, That's all I'll say. I I think it is a very solid camera. But to what I'm saying, like the SX-70, which is to me one of the most incredible cameras ever produced in all of camera history, is something that Polaroid has as like the bullet in the chamber, like on the set of Rust. Like it is just like the GOAT camera. And uh, there was... Too
2: That was (laughs) too (laughs)
0: <laughs> would that make like Fuji like Alec Baldwin then?
1: Yes, that would make Fuji Alec Baldwin. Okay. Um, so, in conclusion, if you have the Lomo Graph Lockback by Lomography and you want to use some beautiful Fuji emulsion in its most perfect form, then buy some Instax film. If you're looking to have an incredible camera user experience and be in touch, with the one step nature of looking through a viewfinder and being absolutely one with the photo, go with Polaroid. That's what I would say.
0: I think too, honestly, that there's a little bit more magic to a Polaroid photo than an Instax. Yeah, I would agree and, with and that. And that's why like, I personally kind of reserve giving Polaroids to people that like, I feel closer to or feel more connected to because, There's just there. There is more of like a specialness to a Polaroid than there is like an Instax. I'll give anybody an Instax, but right. And Chrissy wootography's called me out on this. I do have a hierarchy of like you know, the more I like someone, the better of an instant photo they're gonna get from me. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a a Polaroid or a pack film shot is like you know you're in like Uber Mensch territory. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. an
1: eight by ten that's like exclusive there
0: yeah exactly and and there's like there's something too like when when the photos go janky on on Polaroid I kind of dig like its imperfections like instax is great because it's it's a good film but I like the unpredictiveness of Polaroid because I- life is weird too and life's not perfect. So I feel like Polaroid's the perfect medium for capturing life.
1: I agree with you. Um, I think that also something that Polaroid genuinely offers is its interpretation of the world. Um, Like if I'm out shooting, I, I know when a photo is like a normal film photo on my 120 camera and I know when it's a Polaroid because Polaroid brings out a certain character that nothing else offers. Like Instax produces a fairly true-to-life image. I mean, it, it it's essentially like you could take your Fuji uh, digital camera, take a photo and print it. And it would, you know, that, that would look perfect. But with a Polaroid, like it will make the sky almost this painterly blue and it will punch up the reds a little bit. And, and it just has this essence to it that is like, you almost can't put words to it, but uh, that's the magic that keeps us coming back. And shoot. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, and then I feel like Dan says that Polaroid just needs to hire Zane. I agree. Yeah, 100%. 100%. They should get Zane on the payroll there, 100%. And then JP was uh, terrorizing Birgit about 4x5 promo.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: anything is possible, she says. That's a great yeah. answer to anything if you work in the film industry. You can just say anything is possible.
0: Well, and that was the same thing she said when we were talking, because I, I did. Grill her a little bit about four by five lemo because that would be fucking cool. I would love to shoot some four by five metropolis or purple that would oh. be so cool. and you know what anything is possible anything's possible you know you, you just what you can believe you can achieve um This is not a question more of a comment, but uh Ling Lang says Fuji film is bay Fuji film is it, well an abusive bay Um. (laughs) (laughs) debate that's like you know he hits me and that's how he says he loves me
1: (laughs) yeah that's basically you know i feel like i've been battered by fuji and somehow i still love them i nico from nico's photo you know his photo show yeah yeah his like new show he had a video that was really interesting that was very pro fuji in a way or or more so like don't hate, don't, don't be, don't have hate be like the main thing that's coming out of you when you talk about something in the film industry. Um, Even if it's hurt you like emotionally, like a lot of people are be like, Fuji absolutely sucks, I hate Fuji film. His perspective was that like, Fuji succeeded so much on the heels of their film business that they diversified and became successful in other things. And that's like a positive thing, which is like hard to wrap your head around because and like i could take it or leave it honestly with that perspective but like the, you know he's saying that fuji succeeded a lot more people are employed by fuji because they don't just make film now um so i don't know there's a couple ways to look at it i don't know if it's possible to look at it that positively for you but it's something to think about
0: i i can't i can't really Polographic made a really hurtful comment here anything <laughs> is possible except zero. <laughs> and um they're not wrong so time zero will never happen again um and there's an interesting story of why like time zero died is um it was because of a hurricane there was like the the main chemical compound for time zero was made by some chemical uh production um uh, company in florida and their factory got destroyed in one of the hurricanes in like the early two thousands or something like that. And um they decided that they didn't want to rebuild. They just took the insurance payment and retired and that's why Time Zero died.
1: Yeah, that's like one of those vibes that just isn't very
0: So No That's, like... that's a chill vibe at all, but you know, that's No, that's like
1: not a very chill vibe <laughs> dislike button. That's why we need the dislike button for that entire situation.
0: I mean, speaking uh, it, of untrue, what's that? What hits you?
1: No, I was just thinking about like the miracle of, I mean, the the coincidence of things being saved and and formats surviving and stuff like that. Like even with with Polaroid, like Polaroid or Florian Caps and 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 his squad, like they were unable to save pack film. We all know this, but they they managed to save the eight by ten machine, like. That sure. is, like, a miracle, almost, that that happened. Um, so, like, there's some some ways we can thank our lucky stars, because, like, a couple of things got rescued in that whole shit show.
0: They just need someone to turn it on and make some fucking 8 by 10 film. <laughs> <Ever>. <laughs> not that anyone's impatiently waiting for it at all. Yeah,
1: not that <laughs> we've been, like, waiting for two years.
0: Um, oh, this is... Speaking of unchill things, um, do you miss Spectra films? Uh, yes, I really do. Um, I
1: have some Spectra in the fridge, and um, like very, very rarely, I'll bust it out. And especially the black and white, which is if you get a good pack, it looks completely like the same as when you first bought it. Um, the color has shifted a lot since then, but yeah. like when it when it hits right now, it's like seeing the scale of the film unit it's unbelievable uh spectra is a true loss um in its scope and and the cameras are so cool and it it does still kill me i mean i try not to think about it too much i understand why they discontinued it i understood like stuff needed to happen for the polaroid go to to make sense and it was losing that money and like i understand from a business perspective why they would want to discontinue it but it does still hurt it's it's hard for a impossible project company to not treat something as if it's impossible and just say it's possible to discontinue it
0: i i got so bitter about the whole spectra thing that i like i gave all of the spectra film i had left to a friend that was really into spectra and sent her the cameras too and i was just like whoa spectra's just dead to me you cleared house yeah, it was just too hurtful. It was, like, one of those traumatic things. I didn't want to look at the film. I didn't want to look at it. Um, the Go, though, what do you think of The, the Go?
1: Yeah, I think I'm, I think about get, The Go all the time. The, 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 I mean, because I was involved in the release of The Go, and, like, I did the videos for Polaroid, and, and I really actually had a great time doing that. And The Go... Like despite, I think what some people think is actually able to produce really cool photos. They're different. They don't look like Instax, but that's because it's Polaroid. We don't want it to look like Instax. So tiny. It's very. <laughs> it's the only thing I'll say. It is very very small. Um, and I don't necessarily like bust it out as much as I thought I was going to, but
0: um... <laughs> soon to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> no comment.
1: <laughs> I'm absolutely obligated not to respond to that.
0: <laughs> and that was well played, though, Nico. I like. I, I that
2: mean,
1: one. that's yeah. I can acknowledge that it was clever, but I can't comment on that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's a neat camera. I'm glad I didn't pay for mine. I I used like travel points from one of my loyalty cards to like get one because I was curious about it and. uh I don't know if I'm going to keep it. It's it's neat, but I don't know. I'm almost disappointed that it's not – I thought they would have made it be a little bit closer to size to, like, the Instax Mini, but it's even smaller than the Mini.
1: Yeah, it is it is even smaller than the Mini. Um, and it's, it's – I thought it was probably going to be comparable to the Instax Square. I assumed that was going to be the size, but, um, you know – I think it's the size that it is because they needed to make it more affordable. Like, you know, however they could cut costs, I think probably they needed to make it like palatable for the consumer to spend, still spend like a dollar per shot on it. Um, and, uh, you know, the the other thing about that product is that it wasn't really for us. Like that that's the thing that a lot of people have trouble with in like for Polaroid specifically is when Polaroid releases a product that's not for us, like it feels can feel alienating for customers because they're like, what the heck we've, we've been like, giving our heart and soul to this company and they released this camera that like we didn't ask for. But at the same time, Polaroid needs to compete with Instax in some way. They got surpassed by Fuji. Fuji sells millions of cameras every year. It's a huge market share that Polaroid needs to now catch up on. And so they're doing whatever they have to do to do that. And if it succeeds, great. It keeps our film and our cameras, our 600 and our 670 film. If it fails, that sucks. But Polaroid again is backed by a billionaire and I hope that that wouldn't really like affect the business in any sort of meaningful way.
0: I, I agree hundred percent with that. Like it wasn't made for us. And so no matter how much we hate or dislike it or whatever, it, that doesn't matter because we should want it to be successful right because if was if go is successful then that means we'll still continue to get the film that we rely on and and hopefully it would give them more um you know R&D funds or whatever to build us cameras that would be more to like our liking like it would be cool to see like a pro version of the Now Plus that yeah. had like a glass lens or or something like that totally. like that would be really cool uh, to see something more like that so um I think the go is important and we need to not hate it. Yeah,
2: we need
1: to be like, just not as incendiary about it. I think in general, like the community needs to just chill on it. And, you know, I don't even hear people trashing it very much, but at the time it was very controversial when it came out. Um, At this point, I'm just hopeful that it's doing okay. Like it's not something we'll really know, (laughs) you know, unless it does get discontinued, we won't know if it was a success or not. the camera's amazing. I think the camera is, if, if someone walks into a store, Walmart, Target, they see that camera and they don't know much about any of this stuff, they're going to be like, that is the cutest thing I've ever
0: seen. I need it's that. It's super cute. It's, it's got a tiny it's... little face on it. Like, where, where's mine? I think it's over here. We need it. that. Where's our go? Where's my
2: go?
0: I'm to grab my go. It looks like it's winking at you. Like it's just, it's such a happy little camera. It's kind of bright. Yeah, there we go. I can't Are find they... it. it's
1: so small. I can't see it. And that's what she <laughs> it's somewhere. Saying. I think it might be at the apartment. She did mention that, and it and it hurt. It hurt a lot. <laughs> but we move. We grow, and we move forward.
0: It's it's a cool camera. Someone three
1: like, D. I some this. This is not the go but this is the same size as the go um That's this is wild. a 3d printed yeah isn't this cool
0: it's, they
2: should
0: uh, make and it has like a... a what sorry that would be a really cool like throwback addition is if they made like a polaroid go look like a one step like that
1: yeah it's really cool i'm sure they do it kind of the go but this is like you know the classic have you seen the prototypes? No. They, they, uh I'll i I'll, I'll DM them to you. Like, I, I have these like image. I can't remember where they're from, but it's like the actual 3D renderings of all the prototypes, versions of the Go, and it is absurd.
0: Come on, buddy. You can fire. It's a 10 second no? timer.
1: I'm just going to hold still.
0: Oh, it's a timer. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: I can see the light. Was,
0: <laughs> we need duo. Uh, yeah, I miss Duochrome. Duochrome is the shit.
1: Duochrome's great. I mean, so like that's another benefit of Polar. Like they've got Duochrome blue and yellow. We love that. They've got Variety, and
0: which is the spice of life. Variety is a spice of life. And I agree with JP. They should have put 10 in here. They could have yeah. done 10. They could have definitely they could have done ten, but then um, but then people have been like, "Well, why can't I get ten in the other ones?" Exactly. The brand at this
1: point is eight, and that's just the way it is. Um, you know, they couldn't make they could have made i-Type ten, but it would have made you know producing six hundred film even more expensive, because they would have had to have, like produce two different cartridges and all that. So we we got what we got. You know, we can go into Target or I, whatever your store is by Polaroid Film. It's a
2: miracle. I'm
0: going mean, to say on this question, what's more valuable now, FP100C or Spectra? I think FP100C because um, it just, it actually works most of the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Spectra's uh, value is probably not even very high. Like, it doesn't age
0: well at all, so. No. It aged terribly. Really bad. Yeah. And I mean I I love the cameras though. Like the one yeah. I couldn't get rid of. I had like one of those like crazy Minolta ones that has like all of the Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I kept that one just as a reminder of my previous love of uh Spectra, but yeah, emotional value. I would probably say the emotional value on Spectra is higher than pack film. Okay. That's that's fair. Yeah. I
1: that dad has uh have any of the fuji stocks that dropped were they of
0: any meaning to you like uh, personally um the only one that I was bummed out about was um superior sixteen hundred that yeah that i mean that's a huge loss um uh,
1: yeah. that that's like because that, that film hasn't been replaced in any way no and I don't think they will replace it no I, and, uh, like the like the fact is i mean there's not that many four hundred speed color left so pro 400h was a loss um you know if something like provia and or wait is provia the only slide left is or th- they still going to be 35mm velvia right yeah
0: okay. there's still going to be 35mm velvia but provia is like the but only like
1: one i don't know. even like that's probably going to get discontinued soon too so like thank god that kodak saved ektachrome because that'll be the only slide film besides lomo has one but have you shot lomo slide film i have not no it the I, i'm curious about it. I'm curious if it's it, it looks really punchy but you know, it's limo
0: I mean you you've got the right person watching right now. You'd be like, "Hey, Birgit, what would you say is the main characteristics of the Lomography slide film?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it 600 versus that's a tough one. 600 versus SX70 on on the color cuz um 600 is a little more versatile yeah and it's what most people are going to shoot with because the only reason you'd ever shoot sx70 is if you had an sx70 camera um you know fun fact out there for people that don't know it isn't a choice you can't use one or the other film in it well you can use 600 film in an sx70 if you get an nd filter for it um, but the reason why there's two different films is they're different film speeds. Uh, 600 is like 640 and yeah. SX-70, is like hundred something. Um, you can get your SX-70 cameras converted and there's a wonderful gentleman watching right now, Zane Pollard, that can uh, make those modifications for you. So you can use the 600 film in your, um, SX-70 cameras, but I do like keeping one of them using SX-70 because I like how SX-70 works for like daylight portraits and stuff. Yeah. SX-70 film
1: is gorgeous. I mean, the color is incredible. It's, it's extremely saturated and very high contrast uh, in most situations. It depends on the day. SX-70 film can, is the most unpredictable, I think. In terms of yeah. like the back you get might be green or something, and the shadows might be soft, but in others it might be the most contrasty ever. But but like when when SX seventy hits, it's it is cl- so nice. It is not. It hits different. It hits different. And and it and it, it is the most reminiscent I think of the original Polaroid chemistry and like the sharpness of it and the the clarity of SX seventy film is really nice. Um, so I would I agree with you. Like I keep one converted and one not and then i've got my slr 680 so i always have one absolutely that can shoot sx70 and i love sx70 black and white too i think it's really nice
0: Ooh, sx70 black and white is so good yeah like it it's yeah it's wicked awesome um i also really like sx70 in the studio Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah i use like a mint flash bar to get the pc out port yep and hook it up to a couple of strobes and it works really good with that too. And uh, Zane built me an Open SX71 so that I could play with the studio and use the the dongle. Uh, so, kind of excited about about that. Awesome. Um, where is it? What did people say? The only problem is SX70. It's the more expensive camera of, of both. Well, an SX70 camera is is expensive, um, but that's because you're buying like a real SLR camera. It's not yeah. just a Piece a plastic with a mirror in it, um, which is what most of the box cams are and stuff. Um, Jeffrey filmat doesn't it upset you that SX-70 film can be inconsistent or does it just add to how special it is when a photo turns out well? What are your thoughts?
1: I think that it, yeah, I, well, I used a lot of SX-70 film on like the, the project I was talking about earlier. Because um, I was like in the desert, and I, thats like the perfect moment for an s670 film, in my opinion. The like open blue sky, sand—it's just like that's s 70 for you. And sometimes, sometimes its contrast was so tremendous that the sky would be like almost black. It was so dark because like the blue was so deep, and so sometimes it is too much. But yes, when it hits, it hits so good that it's worth the shots that don't feel like they come out as well or or are too contrasting
0: well i honestly i like the inconsistencies too like that's one of the things that i love and hate about polaroid is that it's not a perfect film you get weird janky shit with it and like that's one of the things that i find really magical about it yeah Um, yeah, I think this was, this was an SX-71. Oh, yeah. The
1: round frame with an ND filter in the SX-70 is really nice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was. Oh, that was with the converted SX-70. Okay. That the Zane made for me there. And then someone is asking, will we see 8x10 Polaroid? Hopefully soon. It was supposed to be this summer, but summer's over now, so. Yeah, I've heard, um, I mean,
1: I've heard, like, actually soon.
0: So, hopefully that is true.
1: <laughs> You know that's all that's that's all i can say but i think that it's supposed to actually be happening now so it's going to be interesting when that actually drops because it's been so long like do you just buy the film like do you just buy like as much as you want of it knowing that it may be gone for another three years or something like that or do you buy like one box and hope it doesn't get out of stock within a week. I don't know what's going to happen when it drops. Like I don't know what the demand is. It's extremely expensive, so there's like a limit to how much you can buy, but I'm
0: be- probably like when it comes out, I'll probably buy a 3 pack.
1: I think that's what I will do too. I think it's it's hard to justify spending over $600 on film, so I think a 3 pack is probably probably the limit, you know, maybe maybe we'll see who who's in the gift-giving mood. <laughs> maybe if you yeah. hey, you know, if we get a fifteen percent discount code, let's see if it applies to eight by ten.
0: Yeah, Christmas is coming. I do have a, I need to fix that on on my affiliate site. I think I have like a ten or fifteen percent discount people can get. Um, I got to fix that. I, I bet it wouldn't apply to eight by ten.
1: I bet they would like disable it. That that, that would just
0: be like you know forty dollars off. uh. JP's uh being a sweet boy here. He's like, yeah, I really love this Polaroid talk between y'all. So knowledgeable with this stuff. Uh, JP,
1: absolute. Just one of the sweetest boys. SBU. He's an SBU grad.
0: I'll just knock him out.
1: He's an absolute SBU alum.
0: Yeah, he, you know, part of the first graduating class. Yeah. He's an adjunct professor at the Bay Area uh chapter. <laughs> He's he's on a ten year track. He is,
1: he is, and I and I really hope he gets that pension
0: because <laughs> he deserves it. Um, the SX seventy, that's a tough one. Um, what's your favorite SX seventy?
1: Oh, that's a that's a really hard question because they're 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 mostly similar, um, <laughs> but the Sonar model is my go to. I, I know a lot of people like the split uh, split uh, focus, like manual version of the SX-70 because it's like shorter. Um, but I'm absolutely a sonar guy. It helps me like tremendously because of my eyesight. just like getting something in focus and dim lighting, it's a miracle drug.
0: Well, in the sonar, it's kind of a cool kick. So the sonar technology for the SX-70 sonar and for the SLR-680, um, It has roots to Polaroid's time as a defense contractor for the military. And the sonar autofocus was part of um, one of the first missile guidance systems that Polaroid created for the US military.
1: It's incredible.
0: The technology is amazing. Uh, And like,
1: it's one of those, that was the, that was the first video I ever released was about sonar autofocus because I just love it so much. I think it's such a cool feature. Um, for, for that reason and for the fact that it was the first, uh, SLR camera to have autofocus and that's how they did it via sonar. It's such a cool system Uh, and it works so well. It works so quickly. It's amazing. So I, I personally, the SLR 680 is really my number one camera, but, um, my SX70 converted to 600 that has sonar is definitely second.
0: Sonar is only kryptonite though is glass windows when you're trying to shoot something that's on the other side. Because it goes bouncy, bouncy. Yeah, because it's, since it's sonar. Yeah. But sonar is fun at parties, because since it's sonar, you can take pictures, especially if you're using the SLR 680. If you want to take fun party pictures, the SLR 680 should be your weapon of choice, because if there's low light in the situation, the sonar is going to focus it, and this flash has like the power of a million suns it's, shooting in your eyeballs. It's the worst. It's it's incredible. I have had
1: photos where I literally couldn't see at all. And I was like, yeah. I think you're in frame just based on where I'm standing. And the flash is so powerful and the sonar works so well. It's a lifesaver for that kind of
0: stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a great camera. And, um, a lot of people think that the SX70s, the the older silver ones were made out of metal. It's a misnomer. They're all plastic. Every SX70 that I, was ever created are all plastic. They're metal
1: plated.
0: Yeah, metal plated.
1: But that's still metal. Every time like everyone's always like the it's not metal. It is like it does make a difference. Like if you handle the chrome plated ones, they're very like strong they
0: they are very different yeah there's a different feel but they're not made out of metal no but yeah it's so plastic
1: metal in there um
0: this oh so this is an interesting question the slr 680 versus the sun 660 okay so
1: they are the sun 660 is a box type camera um i would personally never choose that over the i mean the slr 680 is i believe the pinnacle of It's like the S670 on steroids. It's like the s 70 gone anabolic. Um, Absolutely ripping it like 90s like Mark McGuire. Um, It's it's the best camera I think that they've made. So, you know, I I think that the Sun 660 is one of the best box type cameras because it has like flash override. It has sonar override. um, And it looks really nice. It looks like the classic Polaroid design without looking like stupid, like the early 2000s ones. So... That's what I would say to that. I, I wouldn't ever really pick between them. The SLR 680 is, is light years ahead of it.
0: Yeah, like it, if you were able to choose between a 680 or 600, I would always go with the 680. But yeah. if like the 660 was all that your budget had, go with the 660. Yeah, it, it's like it's the king of box cameras. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it's some of my favorite Polaroids I've shot were with a 660. Um, and I always like to keep at least one 660 in my collection, just just yeah. to have. Um, the mint flash bar is fucking garbage. That's like, you know, have you ever had a shower and the water pressure is so low, it's almost like the shower is just like peeing on you, but it's like someone who has like a prostate issue. So it's just like this little trick. That's what a, a mint dribb- flash bar is. Yeah, just a little drip. It's so, a little dribbler. Yeah, it's just it's just a little, it's trying its best but that's all it could squeeze out.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, did mention. It.
0: Um,
1: yeah, you know, I would say too to your point about the SLR or the uh, Sun Six Sixty is like a fun one to have around, or that some of your favorite photos were on that camera. Like the times when I have just gone out with one just for fun, I really do like the photos. Like I love the um, look of the box type lenses. They're they're not the same. Uh, they they don't like perceive reality the same way that the glass lens does because it's like a really nice really nice optics but it yeah. does have its own look to it that is very different and i really do like it and that's that's sometimes what i get when when i'm using these newer polaroid cameras which the, you know some will say of course it can't compete with the SX70 it's a plastic lens but it is like valuable still it has its look to it like if you get a polaroid now plus you got a great camera. It is actually really, yeah. um,
0: and like well, the-, and even the one. Step- oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. I just even the One Step Plus is still yeah. a great camera. Like if you pick one of those ones up, use like the Polaroid book that I'm going to uh, be releasing soon. That was predominantly shot with a One Step Plus because I was stuck in my apartment by myself. Right, and I don't have a self timer for any of my um, you know SX70s or SLR680s. Uh, so I had to use the one step for the most part because it, I could do the remote with it and I could do the timer and I could do all of that. And it was a really fun camera to play with from a creative perspective because you have to work within what its limits are. Right. And it does have some limits, but it also enables you to do so much cool shit with it. Totally. Like being able to do the manual functions and all of that and the now plus has all that plus better lenses plus the autofocus. Cause that was the only thing yeah. that I fucking hated about the one step plus is that focus switch yeah. because I forget about it sometimes. And then I would waste a shot and be like, Oh God damn it. I got to flip the switch. <laughs> that, no,
1: you're, 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 everything you're saying. I, I want to just add a stamp onto like, I completely agree. Um, like using the now plus cause I didn't actually own the one step plus. Uh, I own the I1, which had similar Bluetooth features, but um, the which that camera doesn't work anymore because the battery.
0: <laughs> but uh, so the I1 will still work if you plug a brick to it and put that, it in the USB port.
1: works for me. I don't know whether I I need a better brick or something, but
0: you might need a you might need a beefier brick because there were a few I1 shots that I did in the book too, and the only way I can get my fucking I1 to work is by having it plugged into a brick, and That's that right. thing is piece of garbage. It's it's a terrible camera it has no redeemable qualities whatsoever i
1: personally, lo- I personally love the i1 other than the battery
0: like i well, really love you find it looks really cool and yeah. you can make some really cool shots with it so it's like if you accept it for what it is then it becomes a really good camera
2: yeah but plus it,
1: I, it, the focus i mean it, it has more stuff in it than the even the now plus I mean for yeah. the most like it, it is a superior camera I think in terms of lensing. but I get yeah. why not everybody loved it um but like just to add a button to everything you were saying like the now plus I'm so like not stubborn but I just use the cameras that I use I use my SLR 680 you know I, I that's like the camera that I use it's I'm not really using all kinds of different Polaroid cameras all the time really for my personal work So like being like forced to use the Now Plus to to make the review, I was like, holy crap! I'm having the most fun using all these random features, uh, like being like accessing a different part of my creativity, and like getting to try something else because this camera has these awesome Bluetooth features. So you know, I I would say uh, there's a lot of validity to what to what these modern cameras are offering uh, that the SX70 can't even do
0: yeah i'd say 100 percent don't sleep on them yeah like, they're, they're great cameras the one caveat i'll throw out there is if you do buy yourself an i-type camera and you decide to get some expired polaroid film to play with um old polaroids 10 shots new polaroids eight shots if you're not careful you're going to waste those other two shots yeah so, um, either get a dark bag or have a really dark room you could go into so that when you get to that eighth shot, you can take the cartridge out and put the dark slide back into it and reload it in the camera or get yourself a box camera to play with, to, to shoot the expired film or, or pick up like an SX-70 or something. Cause the
1: eye cameras can be a good asset when you're using expired film, because if the battery yeah. is dead in the expired film, it's like,
0: that's like, a great point too. Oh,
1: but yeah, it, you got kind of screwed with those last two shots.
0: Yeah, like you can still use them. You just have to be mindful that like you've got those two shots left and you don't want to just take the cartridge out and put it back in because you'll lose a shot. Right. You want to take that cartridge out in a dark place, like either dark bag or really dark room so you can put that dark slide back into it. Exactly. And of those last two shots. Yeah. You got to. You, you don't, you don't want to waste it. Polaroid film is precious.
1: Definitely don't want to waste that old stuff.
0: Oh, Zane coming in with the zinger here. <laughs> this is so mean. Leica Instax Mini with Supreme Film versus the SX seventy.
1: <laughs> Definitely the Supreme Film. The Leica Fuji Instax Mini. What an incredible camera. The lens on that thing is like wow. I can't believe right? I can't believe they put a Leica lens on Instax Mini. Whoa.
0: Have you seen so- the I own one, <laughs> but i I didn't pay I didn't pay the Leica money for it. Um, I bought it off of Craigslist for 150 bucks. Okay, you still own it? I still have it, and I do like it. It's the only Leica that I actually own. There
1: you go. That's a that's a, that's an incredible trivia answer. Yeah, I own a Leica.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's the so fort. I yeah. mean But this so, is what Fuji needs to do. They need to put a glass lens on one of their cameras and it makes the it makes the pictures look so much better. It does. And honestly
1: though, I, I will say Fuji's lenses, like the plastic lenses that they do have, are good. Like they're really sharp lenses, but but they but they're like you get a single focal length, you got your 60 millimeters, they've never touched that. It's the one thing you can shoot with it. It, it doesn't have autofocus. The lenses aren't, although I think like the live le Play does the Bluetooth one, but like the lens has no dimension to it. It's like the most flat perspective you could get. There's no like depth
0: of field. The only one that I'll kind of take back on is the SQ6. I do have some love for the SQ6. That is a decent Fuji camera. Yeah, um, it works great for the square format. It has a lot of nice manual features. Um, the image quality from it's decent. Um, I think it does autofocus with it, too. Like, it's it's a decent Fuji. Fuji needs to make more cameras like that one. Yeah. They keep stripping features instead of adding them. Yeah, because there's the SQ1, which is yeah. just, like, pink box of plastic. That really
1: nice-looking camera that you only
0: press the button. Yeah, that, that's really all you can do with it. it. I, I type... Film is uh 600 film what did they ask i type or 600 i type is 600 film question mark and yeah it, it is six hundred. yes film. It's the same thing yeah 600 uh, i just my phone just told me its battery is dying so okay.
1: well we've been on for quite a while i guess that could be our cue yeah. <laughs>
0: this, this has been a dude it's been so great chatting with you and uh I'm looking forward to attending Sweet Boy University. Yes. Um, I'm, uh, I'm excited. just to
1: say that your interview went really well, and right. I think that we might be onboarding you for for spring 2022. So <laughs> get your bags ready, and uh, you're coming to college, bro.
0: I'm I'm gonna be singing the Billy Madison song until springtime now. You better. <laughs> you better. <laughs> Well, thank you for spending some time with me. And thank you, everyone, for all the interaction. This has been a very great chat. And uh, I've had a lot of fun with it. Ben, you were amazing. And uh, not just because I'm trying to butter you up for my sweet boy application. (laughs) Dude, thank you so much for having me on. This is amazing. I love talking to you. Um,
1: I don't know. I don't think you have repeat guests, but I'm coming back on the show. I don't care what you say. I'm coming back. You won't be able I probably
0: to- will do I, I I definitely will probably do repeats. Like I'm trying to get as many different people yeah. on uh so far, but um there's always the Christmas specials and like things like that. So You won't be able
1: to stop me. <laughs> we'll I'm, a, I'm a threat right. to you right now. I will be hacking the mainframe to get that code.
0: <laughs> well, I, be like and hacking I the have- Gibson. I'm in. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm in. Get in. And I'm like you know, the code is going across my ass.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'll be
1: hacking and we'll see what happens after that.
0: Definitely. Well, thank you so much again for being on. And everyone, you know, I love you all. Thanks for being on the show. Um, next week, I'm going to have uh, Mike Padua on from Shoot Film Co. Um, we'll be talking about uh, Leica and... Uh, <laughs> Magic Mike. <laughs> yeah, it would be great. to. I haven't seen him since uh, the film Padea in, oh, in 2019. So it'll be good to catch up that- with him. Thank you again, Ben, and thank you everyone for tuning in.
1: Thanks, everybody. All right.
0: Bye.